creepy crawlies. They make us squirm and haunt our nightmares. But in parts of Georgia, they've become a problem. The Joro spider, a native of East Asia, has set up shop. And according to some residents, these unwelcome guests are everywhere. Their thick golden webs can be found anywhere from gardens to power lines. The Joro spider has made part of the American South its new home. And many Southerners aren't having it. Concerned social media posts began as a trickle, and they're now a steady stream. Many Georgians are less inclined to leave their homes for the great outdoors. One homeowner claims he's killed over 300 of them on his property alone. Another claims he can't hike the local trails without walking into webs every dozen or so steps. We may not like spiders, but we can know who created them, the Lord our God. And even though his creation has fallen into sin, it's still good because he is good. Welcome to Haven Today, here on the very first day of November. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're starting a new series today called The Living Nativity. We all know Jesus was born. We know where he was born, and that he was wrapped in swaddling cloth and laid in a manger in Bethlehem. But think about the echoes. Think back to the Old Testament, to Micah, where the birthplace is foretold. Then think ahead to Luke 2 in the most famous gospel account of Jesus' birth. But think about an echo forward in Luke 22. Jesus had died, and then his body was wrapped in burial cloth. He was born in a stable, and stables then and there were part of the house, typically starting out as a cave in the Bethlehem Hills. Then echo forward. Jesus died and was buried in a cave, a newly cut-out tomb dug out of the rock in Jerusalem. So Christ Jesus was born and laid in a manger, but then he was reborn after being laid in a burial chamber. Hear the echoes, looking back, looking forward, showing the importance of the nativity and the birth of our Savior. So stay with me. We're going to spend a little time looking at the living nativity, the real manger, the physical place where Jesus came to this world. Now, I know you may be thinking, why is he talking about Christmas and nativity so early? It's the start of November. Well, here's why. The Christmas season is little more than a month away. And I really want you and your family and those who you love to start planning now how you can experience the Christ of Christmas in a special way this year. And to help you with that, we're going to meet up with two women who are on a mission to help families start a tradition that's all about Jesus. Our mission is to share a tradition that encourages children to be creative and inspires families to focus on Jesus during the Christmas season. That's Hannah Santee, one of the creators of the Manger Mission, a fun activity that is used by families to anticipate the Christ through the journey of the wise men. She and her partner in ministry, Kristen, will join us in a moment to talk more about how we can make new memories this year with our families, and especially with the children we love, and celebrate Christmas in a meaningful way. After the program, I'd like to give you an opportunity to support our ministry that's all about Jesus. But as our thank you for an early Christmas gift to us, I want to send to you the Manger Mission. 
This child-led and Christ-focused activity comes with a storybook and a wooden block nativity set that's safe for children to play with. Help the wise men make their way to Jesus and pray the children around you will do the same. After the program, you can call us at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or even better, and I say better, take a closer look at the video we've put up from this set, and, and then you can make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now we open our program today with Andrew Peterson and Andy Gullihorn. And it came to pass. Well, it came to pass back in those days, the Caesar he decreed. The census should be taken of the Roman world to see. So everyone packed up and headed back to their hometown. Joseph up from Galilee to Bethlehem was bound. When the pregnancy began to show, he planned to go away. But it came to pass that in a dream, an angel of the Lord said, Joseph, don't you be afraid to marry Mary for the little baby in her womb. It's the Holy Spirit's work. Well, you may have read the prophet said, the virgin would give Joseph was the noblest of men With a woman on a donkey on their way to Bethlehem And I wonder whether either was aware enough that day To know the child would bring the kingdom and the overcome the past Was the noblest of men With a woman on a donkey on their way To Bethlehem This is a haven today called The Living Nativity I'm Charles Morris and we opened with Andrew Peterson and Andy Gullihorn. It came to pass. Coming up, we're going to hear from the creators of the Manger Mission. They're going to share about their desire to help families, kids, and grown kids meet the real Jesus this Christmas season, little more than a month away. The Living Nativity is the title of the program, and it's my desire that we see past the folklore to find the real sense of the manger, the real baby the real Christ child. You know, there's so much about Christmas that is not necessarily Christmas. 
There's a lore of the nativity that can get in our way of understanding and grasping what the Bible teaches. And once you begin to realize that, you can see how much more baggage has been attached to Christmas. Whether it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, whether it's Frosty the Snowman, or just Brenda Lee dancing around the Christmas tree. Not that I don't like Brenda Lee, but you have to separate the lore from the truth. If you want to get to really know the Christ child born in that manger who came to set you free from your sins, you have to be able to distinguish the truth from the lore. And if you don't do that, you potentially can become the Grinch who steals Christmas. And I know you don't want to be the Grinch. Some of the early lore, or might I even say untruth, about the nativity came from a novel published over 200 years after the birth of Jesus. The novel, and I do underline novel, is called the Protevangelium of James. Now, we know that James had nothing to do with it. The author was not a Jew and didn't understand Palestinian geography or even Jewish tradition. Back in that period, many wrote books claiming famous people as the authors. It's full of imaginative details, but people like Jerome, the famous Latin scholar who translated in Bethlehem, attacked the work, as did many others. It was a bestseller back in its day, first written in Greek, but then on into several other languages. The unknown author had clearly read the gospel stories, but he was unfamiliar with the geography of the Holy Land. For example, he describes the road between Jerusalem and Bethlehem as desert. Well, it's not a desert. It's rich farmland. It says Joseph left Mary in a cave while he hurried on into Bethlehem to seek a midwife, and Mary delivered the child herself. None of that, and a whole lot more, is contained in the biblical account. We need to be wise on the mission and the facts of the nativity. Christmas lore is rich, but it's also deep. We've all sung that there was no room in the inn, and that has taken on the meaning that the inn had a number of rooms and all were occupied. The no vacancy sign was switched on when Joseph and Mary arrived in Bethlehem. But the Greek word we've translated in doesn't refer to a room at the Holiday Inn Bethlehem, but rather to space, tapas, as in, there was no space on my desk for a new computer. That Greek word in Luke 2.7 that we commonly translate in is not a word for a commercial inn like in the story of the Good Samaritan. It meant a place to stay, like a guest room in a private home. And the nicer houses in Bethlehem may have started as a cave, but they did have one room for the family, but then maybe a guest room for visitors. But from the Bible account, we know the guest room was already taken, probably by the in-laws. And the houses also came with a stable built in. It was a simple set of open stairs leading down from the one room the family occupied to where the livestock were kept. So what we're aiming for is getting to the truth. Come back every day. Lord, help us to understand the mission of the nativity so that we celebrate Christmas this year and understand the birth of the Christ child correctly, leading us all, young and old, to new birth, to become part of the community of Christ Jesus for every generation. Amen. Join me in this grand adventure. Now I want us to go to Tennessee. Franklin, in fact. I want you to hear an interview that our executive producer, Troy Lamberth, did at the end of last week with the women who created a new family tradition 
to help both children and grown children find the real Jesus of the Christmas season. This is Haven Today. I'm Troy Lambert, the executive producer of the program. We're really excited to have with us the creators of the most interactive Christmas experience I've seen in a while uh, for families and children to learn more about Jesus. Uh, We have with us uh, on the program Hannah Santi and Kristen Vasquez. Welcome to Haven Today, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Now, we're going to talk about your new family tradition Uh, called The Manger Mission. Uh, We'll actually hear from Hannah. It's not that new. It's an idea she's had for a while. But Kristen, there was an experience in your life that the Lord brought in that he really used to inspire you to want to work with children. Tell tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So when my oldest daughter was a year and a half old, um, I had cancer. And during that time, um, just, you know, going through chemo and then radiation, trying to keep up with a toddler in the midst, I just had this strong desire in my heart to write a children's book, uh, to leave something lasting for my daughter. And at the time, uh, doctors said we wouldn't be able to have more children after. Um, and now my oldest is eight and a half, and I have a, I have a three-year-old now as well. Praise the Lord. Yes. Um, and God put that, the desire in my heart to do something, to write a children's book, but I just didn't have a specific vision for it. And then about five years went by, and I just consistently had a stirring in my heart to write, but there, but I was just missing what I I was missing the the specifics. And then January, 2019, I get a phone call from Hannah asking if I could meet with her and with her mom, because they had an idea that they wanted to talk about with me. Wow. And so enter Hannah, tell us a little bit about this idea and how you and your mom came up with it. And why did you think let's go to Kristen, who in a moment we're going to find out was your school teacher. Yes, yes. So um, this idea actually started many, many years ago, as you mentioned. Um, The activity is something that my mom actually did with my sister and I when we were young around um, Christmas time. And so over the years, uh, she shared it with some friends, but has always had the desire and the idea to find a way to share it on a large scale. Once we had kind of talked about that, I actually remembered Kristen telling me at some point about her desire to write a children's book, but I didn't know exactly what that would look like for her. And so when my mom brought her name up, I knew that we should reach out to her. And uh, when we did and shared the idea with her, we asked her if she wanted to pray about it. And she said, I've already been praying about this for years. I want to do it. And so it was just a really exciting moment that um, just kind of confirmed that this was something that we really wanted to do. That's amazing. So, and you guys actually met, though, you were a student in her high school English classroom. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. She was my high school English teacher my junior year, and we just got really close. She was some of a mentor to me. And then after I graduated from high school, we stayed in touch and our age difference really isn't that much. And we just became really close friends, was able to um, reconnect with her and stay in touch through college and kind of walk through her cancer journey with her. And so it's really exciting to get to partner on this together 
um, after we've been friends for so many years. That is so special. Only the Lord can weave those things together. Because um, you actually, Hannah, are the graphic artist. That's kind of the way the Lord's gifted you. And and so together, you've written this book, which explains the manger mission. But also, I have right in front of me the different wooden blocks that would make up a nativity. I think maybe we need to, at the moment here, talk a little bit about what is the manger mission? How does it work? Like I mentioned, it's an activity and a tradition that my family did when my sister and I were younger that consists of children getting to kind of take the lead and be creative and take the wise men on an adventure through their home, through the Christmas season, building up to Christmas Day and returning the wise men to the nativity as um, the family celebrates the birth of Jesus. And so it is... um, like you said, a nativity set and a book. And my background is graphic design. So I was able to illustrate and design um, the nativity set. But the writing uh, was something I knew I would not be able to do. And so that's where Kristen came in. And so the book is less of a how to do this, but it actually is kind of a, an interactive story that I guess in some ways guides how to do it, but it's, it's still a very creative story. The book, it flashes back between present day with children actually doing the manger mission tradition and the original story of the wise men uh, as they journey to Jesus. And it's broken up into the segments of the wise men's journey um, as children then take the wise men through their house. And Hannah actually did the illustrations where the journey of the wise men through scripture, um, all of those illustrations are in vibrant color. And then the journey through the house, um, the, the illustrations are mostly in black and white in present day. Yeah, they're, and, and they're beautiful illustrations. I, I love kind of the, the modern yet classic look that is, is used there. Now, um, Kristen, you are obviously trained as a school teacher. You worked with children. You were telling me before our interview that the more and more that you grow as a parent and, and an educator, that you see play-based learning for children as perhaps the most important way for them to learn. Yes, it led me to decide to to homeschool um, my oldest uh, about a year and a half ago. We made the decision to do that because really um, I wanted her to have more opportunity for play. As I read books about child development and uh, early childhood education, it just became really clear that play is the work of childhood and that through play, children really build their knowledge base and retain it. Because of that, um, I made the connection with the major mission to using play-based learning as a way to help develop this foundation of faith for children so that parents can interact with them in a playful way uh, that will help children personally connect to their faith uh, in a way that they'll remember long term. The reality is that the Christmas season can be such a rush. There's busyness, there's uh, restlessness, uh, and, and also there's a lot of Christlessness, unfortunately. Was that your overall heart, Hannah, for this idea that you wanted to help children come to know Jesus? Yes, that's definitely at the heart of this. In what can really be a kind of chaotic and busy season, we feel like the manger mission is really an opportunity to kind of slow down and have an activity that's done in your home. It's a simple activity that can be done daily and We have seen that as children do this, one of the things that we love is building the anticipation of returning the wise men to the nativity 
and just the tie to um, the anticipation of Christ coming and experiencing Christ in our lives. And just to see that through the eyes of children and slowing down during a busy season has been something really special about this. Wow, that's wonderful. So last Christmas was actually the first Christmas that this was out and available for families to to use and enjoy. Kristen, I'm curious, what has the response been? The response has been overwhelmingly positive from parents who want their children to engage in an activity that points them to Jesus. One family said that their daughter wanted to read the book every single night. <laughs> and <laughs> another, another um, family talked about how their children wake up every morning and the first thing they want to do is move the wise men to their next location. And that's one of the, the best things about this tradition is that it is child-led. So the children, mm-hmm. they, they're the ones really driving it. And then I have a favorite story about um, Hannah and her sister Tori when they were young. Uh, her mom told me that they, when they did the manger mission, before it was called that, um, they woke up on Christmas morning so excited to move the wise men to Jesus, not even paying attention to stocking <laughs> the presents under the tree. They were just so focused on completing the journey to Jesus. I think that's the heart of what, you know, what we're hoping for with this, that children will, you know, their gaze will really be on their true meaning of Christmas. Amen. That's wonderful. Well, Hannah and Kristen with the Manger Mission, let me be the first to say a little early, Merry Christmas, and thank you for being with us on Haven today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of Crowns and O Come, All Ye Faithful, here on Haven Today.
I'm Charles Morris with a program called The Living Nativity. Now, some people may already be thinking, maybe you, why in the world is he talking about Christmas? Well, we talk about Christmas and Easter all year long here at Haven Today. And that's because on every program we talk about Jesus. Christ came to this world, lived in this world among us, died in this world for us, was buried, but then he rose again. And he changed my life just like I pray he changed yours. And that's why I want to challenge you to start thinking even a little early this year about how you can help your family, your grandkids, your nieces and nephews and other kids that you love find the living Jesus this year. So when we heard about the manger mission, we knew this was something we needed to get into your hands ASAP to be part of your Christmas tradition. This unique set comes with a sweet storybook and a nativity set with 12 characters made from blocks of wood sized to fit in a child's hand. Not only does it encourage children to be creative, it also inspires entire families to focus on Jesus during the Christmas season. And as the kids around you help the wise men find their way to Jesus, we pray that they will find him as well. So, please call us. Make your gift to the ministry. We'll send you the manger mission right away. We have a good supply in our warehouse right now. Our number is 800 654 2836 haven And let me tell you what you really need to do if you're wondering about this. I want to be able to have you take a look at it and what it's like. So we've posted some video there on our website on how you can see it handled, see it taken out, see the storybook at work. And you can also then make your gift and get us set on its way at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me here on this program. Won't you come back again next time? And again, we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. True or false? Jesus shows up in the Old Testament. If you're thinking false, you're right. The Old Testament predicts the birth of Jesus, but as an event, the incarnation, God in human flesh, that doesn't happen until the New Testament. But in John 8, Jesus told the Pharisees, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So if you were thinking that Jesus is in the Old Testament, you're also right. Jesus is and always has been co-eternal with the Father and the Spirit. Does that square with what you know about Jesus? Do you see him at the center of God's great story? And is he at the center of yours? Try out the printed edition of Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.